Good morning, everybody. This is Victoria, your dog guru. And today we have an update on one of our first guests, Jesse and Lily. And they're going to tell us, well, obviously, Jesse is going to tell us how Lily's been doing with some of the things that we talked about last time. So without further ado, this is Jesse. So how is Lily doing? Lily's good. She sent you a picture. She <laughs> she's been doing really, really well. I have her controlling her impulse by sitting before she goes out every time okay she's really okay. good at that she she knows now i will automatically close the door and go ah, ah if she starts to stand up and she waits for me to say go ahead and go and then she goes so that's really good but awesome yeah i only use that when i put her on the, the we have like a backyard and there's like a leash that i put her out on you know mm -hmm. so that works fine so a couple times i've brought her out on the front porch with me just for a minute just to kind of like hang out you know and I always keep her within arm's reach but she is she's been doing well with that and then you know <laughs> yesterday <laughs> I like we have another lead that's outside that I sometimes will you know if I'm working outside I was hanging up Christmas decorations so I like to let okay. her you know roam around the the yard or whatever so right. I was walking her over to that lead and I wasn't as close to her as I usually am and my daughter said something and I turned around and then I saw Lily just walking down the driveway and then I'm like, oh, no, no. And so I start to run after her and I'm like, this, I'm a vision. I was working outside, so I had like regular pants on and it's Canada, so it's cold. So I had a jacket on, but I had no bra on. Like I was not made up for the day. Like I was not looking pretty. <laughs> you were not in a presentable fashion. No, I was not like, hey, let me go meet my neighbors and you know, whatever. So um, as soon as I started chasing after her, <laughs> she she was like, ooh, game. And she ran. Oh, no. Yeah, she ran away from me. So the, the impulse to, to come back to me when I called was totally not there. She, she was just all freedom. So okay. she ran down to the end of the street. We live on a cul-de-sac and there's a house that has a dog at the end of the street and they have, mm -hmm. she, she has run there before and then it's like forest after that. So I saw her kind of like running towards oh, no. the forest and I was like, oh God, I'm losing. This is the day I lose Lily. Like this is the day where my dog is just part yeah, of Yeah, insert heart attack right here. Yeah, so I'm like yelling and calling her and like it was cold. So tears were streaming down my face. It wasn't because I was crying, but I looked like a hysterical mess. Yeah, I well, ended... you were upset, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I ended up in those pe that, that people's driveway. And so, late... <laughs> and like the guy, this has happened like three times in the whole history of having Lily. And the guy always comes out and he's always like not super pleasant to my husband or I. Oh, no. Um, But the lady was there yesterday and Lily ran back behind the house. And so I couldn't see her. And I'm like, she could be in another neighborhood by now. And luckily, some smell caught her... Attention. Yeah, in the front of the house. So the lady was able to get close enough and then I was able to grab her by the collar. And like I walked her home and I told her that I was disappointed in her. And I walked her home and I, I kept making her sit and I would take my hand off in her and I would just like step back for a second and make sure that she understood that I was in charge. Right. And so I got her back in the house. So she did run away from me. I did I did dog shame her a little bit by using sidewalk to walk in the driveway. <laughs> Which my I husband, saw that photo. Yeah. I was like, oh, Lily, my naughty, goes, naughty girl. He goes, that's not going to work. And I was like, I don't care. It makes me feel better. Um, 
so that was our adventure yesterday. But the impulse to go out has been really good. And I've noticed it's translated very well to when people are coming in the door. Um, awesome. She's still pretty excited, but she doesn't really jump up so much anymore. So I think I think overall we're doing pretty well. I just I trusted her too much or my daughter distracted me too much. I'm not really sure which, but yesterday was a, <laughs> was a panic mode moment yesterday. So um, I don't remember. Did we talk about uh, installing a really good come when called before? I don't think we did, did we? We did, but I don't get that. Like, I, that, that's the part that didn't make sense to me because like she, I mean, if I'm in my room and she's in the living room and I go, Lily, like she comes straight to me. So I don't. Right. Because there's I'm, no, there's no, uh, there's no other things going on. She's not motivated to necessarily ignore you like she would be in public. Exactly. So I don't know how to test that or where I can take her to test that or, or maybe we could talk about that. So um, the first thing I, I, I had a lot of clients who had dogs that really needed that that strong come when called and most of them had figured out it was so much more fun to run away and, you know, ignore their owners. So in those cases, I always recommended that they pick up a 50 foot line. Be, um, and the canvas ones you can get online are ideal because they're so light that it gives them a sense of feeling free without the ability to really get away from you. Um, and it also helps because you can work at a, a larger distance, you know, cause like a leash, they obviously know you're right there, mm -hmm. but it, you know, with a long line, they won't feel the weight in it. And you kind of just, I, what I do when I'm trying to test them and when I'm trying to work on a come when called is I'll let them find something of interest to smell outside um, while they're on the long line. And when they kind of follow the trail of the scent, then unexpectedly I'll say their name, I'll tell them to come, and then I reel them in like a fish like I told you before. Okay. And I do it even though they're reluctant wow. and we do it so often that they stop thinking because we're, you know, quite a distance away from each other, like, well, magically, the force field brings me back every single time. <laughs> and sooner or later, they stop. And and with huskies, it's tougher. I will say that. Um, and he, she's part lab, too, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Oh, the roaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but basically, you let her find something she's interested in. When they're distracted, and they can't sense like a direct connection between what they're doing in you, that's how you really create the sense of freedom without the ability to be free. So this way, if she decides that she's going to kind of not listen, you can get her to return within a timely fashion, but you don't make it optional. And you have to practice this, especially for a dog that has escaped. You have to practice this, I would say, over a six-month period. It's a slow process, especially if they've ever had that moment where it's like, da 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 da, -da I'm the gingerbread man, you can't catch me. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So, um, and, and it's a slower process, especially with dogs that have a tendency to roam. Um, but, you know, you can pick up a 50-foot line or a 100-foot line, or you can make your own. But the real key to it is making sure that she doesn't really sense that she's on a line. You don't want it to have so much weight to it that she's like, all right, I don't know where mom is exactly, but I, I know she's here. Mm -hmm. You know, you want it to be something where you're giving the, the theory of an option, but in practice, she doesn't really get away with what she's trying to. Okay. And you make that the new ritual. 
you know, the fact that she is willing to kind of hold her impulses and it's helping with the door and that sort of stuff, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Because that means not only is she willing to be trained, uh, but what you're doing is consistent enough for her to make that connection. But when it comes to come one call, um, not to sound super confusing there, I... I hesitate in telling any owner that this is something that can be rectified in a month or two, even if you're working with them on it a couple of times a day, because once they've figured out that bailing equals they can do things in places they don't normally get to, that's such a fulfilling feeling for them that it's, it's hard to reverse that desire. So rather than trying to, you know, chase them down now, it's like, no, I said, you're coming, you're coming and making it not an option for as long as it takes to the point where she, in a foreign environment, you know, even if she's just sniffing a mailbox or something, when she hears it, she's already starting to head in your direction because she's so used to not getting the option. Okay. So that may help. And then I, I recommend like a high value treat, something she doesn't normally get, but she really, really likes like something like chicken or something like that. Because you want her to be super motivated and I would give the highest value treat for this particular behavior for exactly the reasons that uh, you experienced yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if there isn't a strong sense of value and to her there is so much value in getting away from you and making it into a game, that's going to be really hard to put a, put a stop to mm -hmm. without something that's – like, oh, well, I only get this if I come. And at first, she may be hesitant. She may not want to come in. But because you've got her on the long line and you're reeling her in like a fish, I praise them the whole time. And sooner or later, you're going to see her. She, she'll pick up her pace when she kind of gets the hang of it because she's like, oh, all right, this is happening. And <laughs> I hate to say it, but it really has to just in a way be forced okay. because um, though you're not – harming them in the process and you are going to praise her as she's moving towards you, even if it's not her first idea or her plan, you're building a different history. And that's really hard to recreate in the home because there are very few things that will outrank you in such a controlled environment. There's so many, you know, things that are familiar there. Whereas when you're out in public, you're working against nature and the free radicals. You know, if she spells a dog, if she finds a squirrel, you know, what, what it might be can vary, but you need there to be so much consistency in this one behavior and the execution of the behavior that she starts to forget that there was ever an option. And that takes quite a while because their brains and their memories are not that bad. <laughs> so while it would be more convenient to get her to rein it in within a month or two, I would never assume that a dog would do a solid come when called when they've bailed before before a six month mark, sometimes longer, depending on, uh, breed, because, you know, when you're talking about Siberian Huskies, they love to roam and labs love to explore. So you've kind of gotten, <laughs> you've gotten the best ends of both spectrums on that one. And, um, so it's going to take time is when you feel like every time she's distracted, when she hears her name and come when called and she comes, without you even having to really put any pressure on the line and, and start reeling it in, that's when you know you're getting somewhere. That's a milestone. Okay. Um, and you'll, you'll notice she'll pick up her pace. And then I, with clients, would you hide behind something and let her drag out the line? Okay. I, so this way, 
she's not even expecting me to be actually present in the experience whatsoever. And then I'll say the name and I'll reel her in, but she can't, she doesn't have a direct visual of me. So it's almost like I'm playing hide and seek against her will. <laughs> okay. And see how that works for you because, you know, the chances are you won't necessarily be an eye shot every time she gets away from you. You know, if someone were to leave a door open, she may be what feels like miles away. I mean, you might have her in eye shot eventually, but if you're trying to hunt her down like Elmer Fudd, it's just one of those situations where it's it's good to add different layers to the behavior. So if she's not expecting that she has to see you to return to you and that it's the cue, the verbal, that's really driving her back, mm -hmm. that'll help a lot more long-term. Because realistically, I mean... A, you're not always going to, I promise you, <laughs> when she does bail, if she ever does it again, you're probably not going to have treats handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never known any owner to be in a position where they could do that because you never expect it when it's going to happen. No. So try and frame up that action with right now, no option, and over time, kind of make it more and more difficult. So this way, she's not just considering a return or an aid to be your a, a visual with you a physical you know a visual connection with you rather than that you want her to hear the cue and think that is what she needs to search for okay. and not deviate from okay i think i'm good i can try it i can try <laughs> it for sure <laughs> yeah and you know she's she's female they're very independent minded it's one of the things i've always really liked about females that there's your plan and then there's what they're going to do that said I've had a couple of clients with female Siberian Huskies specifically. I know she's mixed. <laughs> I had one that learned how to scale an eight foot fence <laughs> and she, they were like, we don't know how she did it. And I took a look at the, I, I would call it like a habitat an enclosure. I mean, it was that big. She had figured out how to climb the tree oh, and then God. she'd bail from the yard and she would do it so quietly that no one would even know she was gone. And then she would just go parade around the neighborhood like, hey, guys, okay, hi, aren't I pretty? And she wouldn't let anybody grab her. Um, so it, the owner was like, there's no way. There's just no way we're ever going to get her to stop this. And it took every bit of nine months for her to stop doing that. Because once she figured out a way out and once she figured out, oh, I don't really have to listen, she wasn't she was she had a death grip on that plan. I mean, so it it will take a little bit longer and huskies I know can be very independent minded when it comes to roaming. So okay. sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. It was, you know, it's a little traumatic, but we got her back. So. There's this moment where you're like, is she gonna get hit by a car? Is she gonna run somewhere into the woods that I can't find her? It's terrifying. It's a terrifying experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. So how is she doing with everything else? Do you have any other issues that you've been having lately? Well, we talked about last time we talked about the nail clipping thing and how it was such a traumatic event for her at the vet's office. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't attempted to clip the nails again. But I, I mean, every time we're sitting on the couch, I will just reach down and kind of start to like play with her nails. And at this mm -hmm. point, she kind of seems to think like, okay, whatever, mom. So I think I'm kind of to the point where I'm ready to, you know, maybe grab the clippers and just like bring them over and not mm -hmm. like, try to clip. But her nails are getting super long again. So, yeah, um, baby steps. Yeah. Well, and if she's already getting comfortable, you might be able to cover more ground if you practice it more frequently throughout a day. For example, if you know that they need to be clipped soon and you're kind of at a physical deadline, you could try 
adding a few more sessions a day to exposing her to the clippers and then just, you know, moving them around her nails and giving her a little bit of pressure, but not clipping them and do that on a more regular basis, maybe more so than you've practiced your other cues. And the frequency is no different than doing it over a long span of time. So you might be able to get them done and feel like she's okay in that process without having to bite the bullet and bring her somewhere to get them done. That would be my only suggestion when it comes specifically to nail clipping because it's a sensitive st- subject to a lot of different dogs. Mm-hmm. So maybe juice up on that one. <laughs> Just okay. do do it more often and more frequently so that perhaps you don't have to have her go through another traumatic experience or you know it get another layer of difficulty for you to try and hop over the fence with her later, you know, it, it might be who of you now to just try and bring out the clippers after we talk. And just when I had one dog that was super sensitive about this, I just gently tapped each nail and that was the end of the behavior. And then a couple of days later, I told the owner, okay, so then you, instead of tapping, now you just leave the nail clipper on one of the nails for an extended period of time, maybe like 30 seconds. And then you stop. Lots of rewards and lots of good feedback so that they know that, first of all, it's a process. And secondly, they can't jump ahead. You know, you don't want her to be anticipating, oh, it's coming. Oh, man, it's coming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the only way to get really around that is to not seem like you're doing this because you have to. Don't make her aware that you really do have a deadline and a sense of urgency because that'll translate right to her. She'll know. Once you get to the point where you can connect her nail uh, to the clippers without her kind of trying to drag the foot away or anything like that, that's when I would take, I'm sorry, this is such a long process, but loop it over the nail and almost start to clip, but don't clip. You know, add enough pressure that she can feel it and then let go. And then give her a higher value treat than you generally would. Maybe like come when called level. Because you know that she's already got tr- a, a traumatic association with this. So while you can't fix that, you have to cover it up with nonchalant positive events. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how I would do that. And if they get too long and you don't feel like you're making the kind of headway you need to, you may get into a situation where you're forced to bring her, but I can almost assure you that that's going to set her back a bit because nobody else is going to do it in stages like you are, mm-hmm. you know? That makes sense. So yeah, that, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. All right. On the, uh, since we're chatting on the note of grooming, she's a yellow lab mixed with a husky. So there's a healthy dose of yellow hair all over my house. <laughs> <laughs> And she gets, you know, like when it like clumps on her butt and on her shoulders, like she gets those yep. big tufts. I don't, yep. I'm trying to figure out the most efficient way. I have the mitt that you brush her with. I got the comb. I got the everything. I got the brush with you, the things. Do you have the, um, the Furminator? No. What is that? Okay. So let me expose you, my friend, to one of my <laughs> favorite weapons. No, I had a Pomeranian and his coat was like layered and the fluff and it just... It was like he would try and grow a dreadlock every day. (laughs) And the undercoat was my biggest issue. They have, and you can Google it. I'm pretty sure they still have them on Amazon and everything. It's called the Furminator. It helps that shedding process. In fact, with him, when we started using it on a regular basis, I not only wasn't getting that undercoat buildup anymore, but I was noticing the shedding had dramatically dropped. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing you could give, give a shot to, you know, brushing is great, but when you're talking about labs, they have, you, you kind of have different fur contents between those two breeds. You know, one has kind of fine, softer hair and then labs have a stiffer coat. The war of the chemistry there could make her a bigger shutter, mm-hmm. but try the Furminator. I mean, they're not super expensive. They're not the cheapest comb you'll ever find. But I've found them to be really effective. And I have a client whose Malamute would blow coat twice a year and throughout every week she would she would point to her out, outfit and she'd go, so I'm wearing canine chic today. But she uses the Furminator to this day and she loves it. And now she's got a Malamute and two Huskies. So I feel like that's a good endorsement. <laughs> All right. I, I'm definitely down to try anything because I'll like go out in public and people will be like, so you have a dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or 10. Um. Yeah. 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 You can definitely it's you know, it's like uh, glitter for, yeah. from your dog. Oh, it so much is. And like my sister has a, a chocolate lab and and a black lab and they don't shed like that at all. But I, I'm guessing it'd be like the husky or I don't know what it is. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you probably, like I said, you have genetically two different fur contents. It's like war of the worlds. <laughs> you know, one will get an excessive coat and the other one is always shedding out because they have a thinner coat. So the Furminator really could help you when it comes to that. I think they also have now products that you can utilize to go along with it. But I know that most groomers use it. That's another big endorsement to me because groomers don't spend their money on things that don't work. They just don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. Okay. I'm in. Yep. I'll do it. Sound good? Yeah. All right. I'm going to send you a link to it then. Perfect. Thank you. Anything else we should touch on today? I have a weird question that probably has nothing to do with anything, but um, okay. you know, like my dog has a collar and it's on pretty much all the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. I like to take it off and like scratch around and stuff. Do they, mm-hmm. do you think they care about that? Like, <laughs> Like, does she feel like you know, we call it what? we call it streaking when we take off my dog's collar because it's like he can tell it's off and he gets so excited. <laughs> I don't think it's like we would value a wedding ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's something familiar, but I don't think it has value to it to most dogs. Now, I will say that one of my dogs, he every time he would hear his collar after because I used to wash his collar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fabric one. Anytime he heard that collar come out of the dryer. He would come out of nowhere and just sit and like get onto his hind legs and be like, okay, I'm ready for my jewelry. <laughs> but a lot of dogs just, it's just something consistent that they can recognize and they know it's theirs because it has their scent. Mm-hmm. But short of that, I don't think it's, I don't think there's a bond there. It's just familiar. I was just wondering if she was like excited that she was like naked or, I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. A lot of them are. <laughs> if you see her like wiggling around and shaking her neck around and like running around the house, then she's probably enjoying the freedom. All right. Uh, yeah. That had, that had nothing to do with anything. I just was curious as to what a dog, you know, a dog professional thought about it. You know, dogs have a lot of interesting quirks. My one dog, you know, he's 17 years old and he's, he's an easygoing candidate, we'll say. But whenever he gets a new stuffed animal, it's like he knows it's his. He'll carry it around the house no matter how big it is. If any of us get near it, he covers it with his head. And he's like, no, no, it's my special toy. You don't get it. So sometimes they have stronger associations and bonds with objects than others. Mm -hmm. I've seen dogs do things like that with Kongs also because they know it's normally filled with something good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I think she probably knows she's naked and might be enjoying the freedom. (laughs) 
right. Well, thanks for answering my random. Hey, wait, I have another question. Sorry. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, so I I got like a doggy toothbrush, you know, because she's got mm -hmm. some funky buildup. Do I need doggy toothpaste or like is that just a marketing thing that people want you to buy doggy toothpaste? No, I would recommend it because for a couple of reasons. First of all, fluoride is toxic to dogs. Mm -hmm. It's not that with her being a large breed, you're at that same risk you would be if she were a Yorkie. Um, but the other reason I like dog toothpaste is because it tastes like chicken or beef. And so it's not so much of an awful process for either of you because she, she's going to like the taste enough to want you to be brushing around in there, which is not the best feeling in the world. I mean, generally dogs are like, I don't see the purpose in this. Mm -hmm. So if it's, it's like a self-rewarding behavior because they're getting a treat and it's not really a treat, but it's something they can ingest during what's an awkward process for them. Okay. So I would recommend it. And then as far as which ones I would recommend, I, I know that Kong put one out, but really any dog toothpaste will work. Anything that your your um, local pet store sells is fine. Just make sure you're staying away from Crest. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. She might have pearly whites, but she also might throw up later. So yeah, right. I don't think it would that. cause mortal injury, but you might have a, a mess on the carpet later on. Oh, but she'd, she'd be so minty fresh. Oh, <laughs> uh, she would have, I mean, she could be, have you ever seen that commercial with the dog that's got the human teeth and they're I, like, I love that like, commercial. It's so cute. <laughs> it is so cute. That could be her. Yeah. She could be their new spokesperson. Little, yeah. So. Everybody, I've already told people about your show before, but where can they find you? So this way, your link in the show notes, along with your latest picture of the dog shaming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, and before I say and close out on all of this, I thought of something else that just came to mind when you were talking about once you got her, how you were telling her, oh, how disappointed you were. Okay. <laughs> in the future, my advice is only be happy. Only be happy because if if she knows that by the time you finally scooped her up and collected her, that you weren't as friendly as she remembered you in the house when everything was fine, chances are she's going to bail next time. You know, I because, read that before, and I, yeah, and I was I was just you know you were by just that being time, mom. I was in a mood, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, here you are. You were in. I mean full bathrobe, crazy cat lady level, but you, you probably didn't feel like yourself and you were terrified. So I understand, but it's not that I even think that she had a huge negative association with how you, you responded. I just know that that's just one more layer that she's going to not be motivated for in the future. So even if it took you an hour to collect her, not ideal, I know, but what a good girl, even if it wasn't her idea. Because it's not going to be her idea. Not for a long time is it going to be her idea. Okay. Okay. I want you to tell everybody about your show. And like I said, I'm going to include a link in the notes. But if you'd like to let everybody know where it is, that would be great. Ah, for sure. So people can find me. The easiest, most one-stop shop people can find me at is pearlsfrommymom.com. Because that has a link to my podcast. I got the Instagram, the Facebook, all that stuff. So pearls from my mom.com glad that lily has turned a corner on some of her behaviors mm -hmm. so i guess it's time to throw down the gauntlet and fix the other one when you have an intelligent dog there's tweaking there's always tweaking mm -hmm. and there's more than one way we can get the message across but it's going to take some time okay cool all righty thank you so much thank you for coming back jesse give give lily a hug for me and tell her to stop leaving mommy in heart attack mode 
I will. I will do. I want to thank Jesse for dropping by today and giving us an update on Lily. If you would like to be on the show or write into the show with some of your questions, find me at dogguruhereforyou at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash dogguru_podcast. We're also on Instagram, all your favorite podcast apps. You know the drill, people. As always, if you love the show, be sure to rate us on iTunes. Link is in the show notes. And then also, just a couple of things. I want to thank everybody who has been sharing us, because sharing is caring, with their friends, family, because we are now up to 320 subscribers on a regular basis, just on our one app. If you listen to our last show, then you know one of my goals is to get 500 subscribers and 10,000 downloads. Well, I'm really excited to tell everybody that we are at 9,763 downloads right now. So I have a sneaking suspicion that we'll reach 10,000 before the end of the year, which is awesome. So thank you so much for being part of this. In light of the holidays, if you enjoy our show and would like to show us some love, I'll be posting a link in the show notes today where you can donate via PayPal, a dollar, cost of a cup of coffee, cost of a new chew toy for my dog any amount you wish i would be eternally grateful that you thought of us that's it for me today everybody this has been victoria your dog guru namaste